there. Welcome to Simple Acts Big Impact, celebrating teen changemakers. I'm your host, Natalie Silverstein. I'm an author, philanthropist, and passionate advocate for family and youth service. On this short weekly pod, I have the honor of meeting tweens, teens, and young adults who are volunteers, advocates, nonprofit founders, activists, and fundraisers. My goal is to celebrate and amplify these big-hearted people and the work they're doing, and to inspire you all, no matter your age, to find your purpose and passion through meaningful service to others. I firmly believe, and these conversations will convince you, that every person can make a difference, one simple act at a time. My guest today is going to teach us all about a medical condition called clubfoot, which impacts many children around the world. New York City teen Josh A. was born with the condition, which impacted both of his feet, and he shares with us how he was lucky to live in the United States and that his family had the resources to provide him with surgery, bracing, and physical therapy to correct the condition. Now he lives a full life that's not affected by clubfoot, but many around the world are not as lucky. With the help of a mentor from Curious Cardinals, Josh launched a website called Clubfoot Connect which allows him to fundraise and share information and resources with people struggling with the condition all over the world. Welcome back, everybody. I am so excited to introduce you to my new friend, Josh. He is going to tell us all about this really important project that he started. Hey, Josh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thank you for that introduction. So my name is Josh. I'm 16 years old. I'm a junior currently at Horace Mann in um, the Bronx in New York. and so. The project that I started essentially revolves around um, a condition that I was born with called clubfoot. And so essentially what clubfoot is, is that it's a condition that inverts, in my case, it was both of my feet inwards and required um, surgery um, almost immediately after I was born. And then um, various series of castings and surgery throughout uh, my childhood up until the age of around I was eight. And then after then, um, I had to go through physical therapy. And luckily, I was able to receive some really incredible treatment from some really incredible doctors. And because of that, it doesn't really affect my life anymore at all. I'm able to walk perfectly normally, do anything else that anybody else would be able to do. But as I grew up and as I started to research a little bit more about the condition, just learn a little bit more about it, I began to realize that that's certainly not the case for everyone who's born with club foot. There are people around the world often never get any treatment of any sort uh, to clubfoot and are often left immobilized for their entire lives. Uh, they can't walk around. They can't really do anything. And obviously, that's extremely difficult. And there are also some greater implications that come with that. It has huge economic implications on people's lives. It makes it extremely difficult for them to get jobs. And as you can imagine, um, pretty harsh social impacts as well. In communities, they face great stigmatization. In some communities around the world, they're often uh, shunned from the people around them. Um, it's extremely difficult for them to make connections with other people. And so that's really where the idea of my organization, which is called Clubfoot Connect, stem from. I think the idea started around late ninth grade, maybe early 10th grade for me. So like one and a half to two years ago. And I began talking with my parents and it really made me feel super fortunate for the care that I was given um, as a child and decided that I really wanted to do something that was going to help those who are unsure of the path forward in terms of clubfoot. Um, because as I've experienced, there's not a ton, a ton of information about it online. It's not super well known. And so it can be really 
uncomfortable, it can be really difficult for people who, or parents especially, who figure out that they're going to be having a child with club foot. It might be a really scary experience. That certainly was the case for my parents when um, I spoke to them about this. And so I figured that starting this organization, Club Foot Connect, would not only be a, be a way to help um, advocate for those who have club foot, help um, fundraise, but also um, provide resources to make parents or people um, with club foot or parents who are going to have children with club foot feel more comfortable and feel that there's a whole community around them that have gone through similar things. Absolutely. So can I just ask a couple of follow-up questions? So how many people do you think this affects around the world? Is it fairly common? Yeah, I think it's actually one of the most common genetic diseases out there. And there are there different and there's different degrees of it. So you said your particular case impacted both of your feet in such a way. It, you know, are there other folks who maybe have it in one foot and maybe it's not so severe, so they do walk on it, but it has it causes them more and more problems as they get older. Is that true? Yeah. So back to your previous previous question quickly. I think it's around like one to four in a thousand children are born with it. So fairly common. And yeah, yeah there yeah. are certain degree certain degrees to it. I mean, mine affected both of my feet pretty harshly, but certainly there are cases in which children are born um, with it on just one foot. Uh, maybe it's worse on one foot than it is the other. So yeah, there's definitely degrees of variance there. Right. Understood. And the surgery that you had and that can be done on any child who's born with club foot basically cures it entirely or is it a series of surgeries and other bracings and other things that have to happen over time to, to really make it, make it better? Yeah. So the sol- solution is not as simple as just like one surgery. The surgery is the first step in like a, in a process of treatment. So it'll be the surgery, then a series of castings that help correct the shape of the foot. And then it's different series of castings that um, get changed over time to help progressively change the position of the foot. And then depending case by case, there will be some treatment after that, maybe physical therapy or different exercises that need to be done. Understood. And I would imagine that the resources that we have here in the United States and other um, you know, industrialized nations is a lot more advanced in terms of understanding it and what can be done in the bracings and stuff. But if you're born with this in a third world country or you don't have a ton of resources or whatever, as you as you pointed out, you know, if, if there just aren't any doctors that know how to treat this or there aren't any resources to get the treatment or to travel to a hospital in a big city to get it done, it, it probably really very much impacts a person's ability to live, you know, like if they can't walk, you know, and now, and now they're, you know, effectively, you know, bed bound or whatever, because they can't figure out how to, how to walk on their own two feet. So I wonder if there are programs, you know, in countries. So is that something that you're, you're finding that folks are, are accessing this information from countries where the resources are just pretty limited? Yeah, certainly. So in researching to start up this organization, I found that there are actually various organizations focusing specifically on club foot treatment in um, lower resource nations. And there's one that I have actually partnered with through my organization. It's doing um, great work. It's called Miracle Feet. And my organization is raising money uh, for that organization to essentially send some uh, professionals in club foot treatment to places around the world to not only administer treatment there, but a really important um, thing in their in their model of um, administering treatment is that they teach local practitioners how to apply the treatment so it, they can then apply that treatment to people around them on a long-term basis versus just applying the treatment to a select amount of people over a certain period of time. 
Right. Absolutely. Right. It doesn't really help if a doctor goes and does a couple of surgeries and then moves back. You know, this is going to continue to happen, you know, over and over and over again. Is this something that is um, genetic within families? So would would you see this happening? Obviously, you, you don't have it perhaps in your family, but is it something that, you know, if the parents have it or the grandparents have it, is is that common or is it just sort of random? No, it is a genetic um, condition. There's no one I know of in my family who has it, but um, there definitely are cases where. Sure, of course, of course. So tell us a little bit more about um, exactly in terms of the advocacy and the resources. So you have a website, presumably, that has articles or, you know, other places where that people can find more information. I love the fundraising piece. So I want you to tell me a little bit more about that, like what you're doing in terms of fundraising. I think that's a really wonderful way to raise awareness, right? If you had a walkathon or whatever and you engaged um, people in your community to really understand this was something that affected you personally and this is something that you care about. And um, this is why we need to raise money. So tell, tell us a little bit more about Clubfoot Connects, you know, specifically the programs that you have there and, and the way that you do the fundraising. Sure. So yeah, we do have a website. It's called clubfootconnect.com if you're interested in checking it out. And so we have a few sections of the website. So one of them is a section where um, I uh, post blogs sharing basic information about Clubfoot for anybody who really needs any information. As I said, it could be parents who are a little wary of a child having Clubfoot or really anyone who wants to learn more. But um, yeah, there's, I think, just under 10 blogs there right now, just some basic information as well as some more in-depth information about Clubfoot and like barriers that people face when trying to access stream into it around the world. And I am hoping to start some uh, interviews with Clubfoot patients to hopefully post up there. I'm hoping to conduct my first one sometime next week. So yeah, that's going to be um, definitely a great addition to that uh, part of the uh, website. And on that note, there's another section of the website. It's called Stories. I think that's where it's labeled. It's just there's a section on my website where people can submit um, any experiences they've had with Clubfoot, uh, whether that be people they know have been affected or they themselves have been affected by Clubfoot. And that's a place where I share stories of people who have been affected by Clubfoot. And I think it's a great way for people to hear some real firsthand accounts of Clubfoot patients and also as a way to build some sense of community among uh, those Clubfoot patients. Yeah. 100%. No, I was going to say the interviews and the personal stories. It's one thing, you know, anyone can Google (laughs) Clubfoot and find information about it, right? On on sort of medical websites or Wikipedia or whatever. But hearing personal stories, your story and others like you, you know, and, and how it's impacted your life and the different ways that it was treated for you. I think there's a lot of power in that and a lot of sharing, you know, sharing your story and helping other people to feel comfortable sharing their stories. And maybe you would provide some insight into an exercise or a therapy or something that you did that might help somebody else that might not be so readily available on the internet. You know, it's so technical on the internet and it, I think it scares people a little bit to read things on the internet that are not personal. Um, And so I think the interviews and the stories are really a special, a really nice idea. So tell me about the fundraising that you're doing for Miracle Feet. Um, What kind of, are you having events? What are you doing for that? Yeah, I'm working on planning an event to fundraise. Um, I believe it's going to be an online event. That's what um, the goal is right now, um, sometime in early March, mm-hmm. to hopefully um, raise funds for Miracle Feet, which is, as I mentioned, a great organization doing work around the world. And I've also raised uh, money already just um, contacting uh, people locally, those around me, and seeing if they'd be willing to donate to, uh, my, to Miracle Feet through my organization. 
That's amazing. So tell me, in setting this whole thing up, have you faced any challenges or any obstacles that you've had to overcome? There have been any sort of weird responses that you receive from people that you've had to deal with? Is there anything like that you can share? I think that's a really helpful way if someone wants to start something and, you know, recognizing that it's not all going to be easy and smooth, right? Yeah, for sure. It was definitely not all smooth sailing. (laughs) One of the biggest challenges I found was actually building the website. That (laughs) took a little while. I'm not the most techie person myself. So it took a little figuring out to um, do that, but I eventually got it. Um, It's being updated constantly. And now I think I'm pretty much a pro at Squarespace. So it's a good skill to have. Yeah. No, it absolutely is. And you know what? I think it's amazing when, when I speak to young people who have started something and they're like, yeah, and I've created a website, which I never thought I could do before. Right? But you know, as uh, you have to have that. Obviously, you have to have a social media presence. And the only way that people are going to find you and find out ways that they can help is, you know, is to have a presence, a presence online. Well, you know, tell me, can you share anything about your experience with this where you've maybe heard stories from other kids that, have, that really motivated you to get this to get this off the ground. I mean, obviously you are are coming from a place of privilege that your parents were able, um, that they live in New York and they have access to wonderful doctors, I'm sure, and were able to afford treatment and to get you braced and to get you up and, up and going when you were a little child. Have you encountered anybody um, in this work that you know maybe has not had such a successful time of this and maybe this has motivated you to do this work? Yeah, sure. So there, I think there's two good examples of this. The first one um, I encountered was actually an event for um, Miracle Feet last year. And there they shared a really compelling presentation. And in that presentation, there were some interviews with some clubfoot patients in less privileged communities. And you really got a sense of the troubles that they had to go through and all the hardships they had to go through. And that initially is really what motivated me to do something like this to really get involved um, with something that affected me so greatly that I know affects people in a much different way around the world. And also another one, which is actually pretty recent, I got a submission on my website from actually the parent of a clubfoot patient in the Dominican Republic, who herself has actually founded a pretty large organization that's working to um, alleviate clubfoot within the Dominican Republic. And I thought that was super inspiring. Like, people working within their local communities, although on a much smaller scale, using what resources they have to help make a change within their own communities. Absolutely. And what a beautiful thing that you're putting something out into the world that you're going to be this sort of connector for these organizations that are hyper local, right? And and perhaps this is really going to become like this international movement where all of you can kind of come together and share resources and share ideas and fundraise. And what a wonderful way to sort of everybody focusing in on this one issue. And you can make a difference for real people, for the patients who are facing this, this, real, this real challenge. Well, I don't know. I think this is really wonderful, Josh. Thank you. Can you tell us where, tell us about the website, clubfootconnect.com. I would assume you have a social media presence. So tell us all about that. If people want to get in touch to learn more, if they want to help you with fundraising, all of the good stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, So yeah, we do have an Instagram account. It's just clubfootconnect. Feel free to send any DMs. The DMs are always open. We're always looking for anything anyone has to say regarding clubfoot, any stories, any interest in... 
Well, Josh, thank you so much for telling us this story. I think it's really important for people to realize that this is a condition. It's super, you know, it's a really hard thing to face, particularly for young, young children, right, who just want to get up and run around. Um, and that, you know, you've taken something that was a challenge for you in your life um, and you overcame that. And now you're hoping to spread some help and some resources and some good stuff to other folks around the world. I think it's really amazing. Well, listen, keep in touch with us. Check back with us in the future. I'm hoping for really great things that Clubfoot Connect actually connects people all over the world. Thanks so much for sharing your story with us, Josh. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. If you were inspired by what you heard today, please follow, rate, and review. These things really matter. And if you know a tween or a teen who is doing great things in his, her, or their community, send them my way. I'd love to meet them and share their stories with a world that could really use a dose of inspiration right about now. You can get in touch with me through my website, simpleactsguide.com. Until next time, remember to keep eyes, ears, hearts, and minds open to the needs of others. And always, be kind.